Joy to the world, for peace shall come. Joy to the earth where truth is all, and joy to our hearts, goodwill to all. This third Sunday in Advent, we light three candles. We light the third candle as a symbol of joy. Not just any simple cheer, but, but the experience of joy that cannot be contained. Advent asks us to proclaim our gladness as a gift to the world, even when sorrow and uncertainty abound. May we share our hearts through our words, our music, and the way that we live our lives. Let the fullness of our joy lead to more freedom. The joy of God with us does not come as naive optimism or surface level feel goodness. Joy cannot be imposed from on high. Joy cannot be commanded. The joy of God with us is mingled with grief, exists side by side with mourning, knows that pain and death are all too real, but do not have the final word. This joy, this joy tends, tends tenderly to beauty and softness and the gladness that comes from paying attention to what matters. The joy of God with us is collective, liberating us from deadly despair. Joy is gestating in the darkness it comes unexpectedly and joy invites our expectation and demands our participation. Prepare the way, prepare the way for joy with sorrow. So may joy be birthed among, within and through us this Advent. Oh come, oh come, Emmanuel. And so, with the warmth of our Advent candles to greet us, I bid you all a warm welcome to this Sunday service for Kensington Unitarians that's taking place both in person here at our church in Notting Hill and also on Zoom, through which people are joining us from their homes. A very good morning to you all. And for those of you I've not met before, my name is Sarah Tinker and I used to be minister with this congregation until I retired nearly a year ago, but I found out that ministers don't entirely retire. <laughs> so our intention here is, is to offer hybrid services so that people can worship with us in person or online. And in future services, people at home will be able to speak to us and we here will be able to see and hear you. But believe me, the wiring for interactive services of this nature, it takes quite a bit of work to establish, particularly in a somewhat beautiful but quirky building like ours. So for now, we are simply streaming this service. But if you are with us on Zoom today, please be assured that Hannah is your perfect host and I think there'll be a chance at the end of this service for some online chat and virtual coffee as well. So let me thank all of you here in person for doing all you can to keep one another safe in this ongoing time of pandemic. Um, we're wearing masks and keeping a social distance from one another. <sighs> After all that, let's take a pause now. Let's bring all of ourselves here and now.
Let's breathe into this moment of Sunday worship. As we as a congregation are moving towards the possibility of people joining our worship actively from anywhere in the world. And let's breathe out and release any niggles and tensions as best we can, especially any tricky morning issues that you've had with journeys or other issues, any worries that are in your mind. If it works for you, let's lay them to one side for a while so that we might fully experience this chance of being together. And I'm lighting this, this our chalice flame. It's connecting us with Unitarian and Uni Unitarian Universalist communities the world over. And this light is reminding us of lights shining all over the world. Lights that are shining in the darkness. Lights that are lifting people's spirits and providing a beacon, calling to those who have lost their way. Our service title, As With Gladness, is the start that some of you might recognize of an old, old carol. As with gladness, they of old did this shining star behold. Well, may we be like stars and candlelights for one another. Let's illuminate the way for one another. Because which of us has not felt at times lost and confused in this world, both troubled and joyful? And may this shared chalice flame, may it, because it's seen here now by us in person and by people online, may this one flame symbolically bring together these two elements of our community, Kensington Unitarians together in person and online, one community, one congregation. Right, I have to get my props ready for this bit. This is the, this is one of the highlights of this service. Um, but it starts with a reading by David Rankin. So this reading is uh, called Advent. It's by David Rankin. And then it's got a short reflection after it on Unitarianism's love of paradox. During the Advent season, we celebrate the qualities of faith, hope, love, and joy. Yet these must be viewed through the prism of paradox. No faith is worthy without the capacity to doubt all things. For then it is only credulity. No hope is possible without the specter of defeat in the wings but then it is only dreaming. No love is strong without the dread of loss in the heart, for then it's only passion. No joy is complete without the certainty of sorrow in the future, for then it is only frivolity. Thus it is wrong to mislead people with simplistic notions, for they distract us from the fullness of life. After all, the seas have storms, the clouds have lightning, and the roses have thorns forever. So um, 
thinking about that, that idea of the prism of paradox that we bring to faith. I don't know if any of you had um, seen on the news or read in the newspapers this week that Marks and Spencers, our beloved Marks and Spencers, have brought out a new Christmas sweater. And it's been in the news because it's got Believe written colourfully across the front. And apparently it's now a hit with Anglican women priests. So several friends sent me text messages this week asking if I would be buying a sweater or if I would be knitting one specifically for Unitarian women preachers. And, and some of the, um, uh, let's have a look what we came up with. Okay, so my Unitarian sweater might have, it's okay to be not sure, or, hmm, it depends what you mean by believe. And other people had come out with doubtful or mm, let's hear what your thoughts are about that. Or this one is my favorite actually, fingers crossed and hope for good luck. Now I don't know about you, but, but Unitarians willingness to accept that believing encompasses doubting that love holds loss as its close companion and that joy and sorrow are forever intertwined, each giving the other its piquancy, its flavor. Well, this acceptance of uncertainty, this willingness to, if you like, admit discomfort in matters of faith. Well, that's what attracted me to a Unitarian community all those years ago. I like viewing life through the prism of paradox as David Rankin writes, because paradox, well, it seems to contain both, I don't know, humanism's emphasis on reality alongside mysticism's encompassing of this and that together. Remember how Khalil Gibran, um, the Lebanese mystical Christian writer, expresses this in his most famous work, The Prophet. Some of it's on the front of the order of service. Your joy is your sorrow unmasked. And the self-same well from which your laughter rises was often time filled with your tears. And how else can it be? The deeper that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. Is not the cup that holds your wine the very cup that was burned in the potter's oven? And is not the lute, the lute that soothes your spirit, the very wood that was hollowed with knives? When you are joyous, look deep into your heart and you shall find it is only that which has given you sorrow that is giving you joy. When you are sorrowful, look again in your heart and you shall see that in truth you are weeping for that which has been your delight. So let's take that prism of paradox into a time of prayer. And this is in recognition of um, Human Rights Day, which is marked on December the 10th, and International Migrants Day, which is marked on December the 18th. There's a week there. 
and Human Rights Day, you perhaps know, it's the day on, on which the United Nations General Assembly adopted in 1948, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. And I can't help but shudder when I hear, hear government ministers suggesting that they might be changing the terminology of, of our Human Rights Act. Um, I believe that the principles enshrined in that declaration are just as relevant today as they were back in 1948. <sighs> and uh, the International Migrants Day this year is recognizing the and celebrating the role of migrants and the con contribution that uh, migration brings to development the world over. So as we move into a time of prayer and reflection, let's hold in our hearts and awareness all those people in our world who are prevented from traveling and all people who are forced to move. Let us pray for all people who have had to leave their homes for any reason, all displaced persons or refugees, all asylum seekers and all immigrants. It is perhaps hard for many of us to imagine what it must be like to feel the need to leave our country and seek refuge and a new life in another. But all those of us who feel blessed with homes of comfort and safety, we can at least give thanks for the blessings we have. And we know that there are some among us who are far from the places they know as home, some with joy, some with sadness. So let us think of those far from home with love and with commitment to help all people feel welcome here in our church community. May we also remember with compassion that there are many people in our world unable to travel, forced to remain where they are because of poverty, because of oppressive regimes, or because of cultures that repress the imagination of other ways of being. May we who are free feel deep gratitude for our freedoms, never taking our good fortune for granted. Let us pray for the lawmakers and enforcers who have such a difficult task. May they be blessed always with compassion in their words and actions. Or may they never forget that they too might find themselves without a home and in danger at some time. And when the words economic migrant are used to describe people that some developed countries are trying to shut out, oh, may we have the humility and the grasp of history required to remind us that our good fortune is based entirely on our ancestors moving about this earth to seek better conditions for themselves and for their offspring, us. Let us be active supporters of organizations that build bridges across divides, like the United Nations and the increasing number of groups campaigning 
to make the tough lives of refugees a little more bearable. And in our own lives, let us never slip into complacency in our thinking, but rather be ever grateful for that which we have, ever attentive to the needs of others, and doing what we can, however small, to make this world of ours ever more just, ever more humane, ever more compassionate and a place where joys and sorrows are forever interwoven. And to that aspiration, if we so wish, let us say together, Amen. So may it be. We're going to hear a beautiful um, French carol now, uh, the Besançon carol. I'm just going to read just one verse of this, um, this carol to bring it to mind. Stars, keep watch when night is dim. One more light the bowl shall brim. Shining beyond the frosty weather, bright as sun and moon together. People look east and sing today, love the star is on the way.
So we're entering the meditative time of our service now. Um, this is a chance to turn inwards, go deeper. So you might want to ready yourselves by adjusting your position, getting comfy. Maybe um, putting down anything you don't need to have in your hands or holding on tight to something that's important. Maybe softening your gaze or focusing on the candles or closing your eyes, whatever works best for you. This meditation invites us to consider the sorrows and joys that we are holding at present. It also mentions the possibility of holding the sorrows and joys of this world. And if any of that kind of imagery jars with you, it isn't what you need to focus on this morning, then please ignore me and think your own thoughts. Focus on something that works best for you. Um, after a few more words from me, uh, then we'll hold a good three minutes in silence together which uh, will be ended by more music. So, I don't know, straighten your back if that works for you, soften those shoulders. Let's imagine tension dropping away into the earth beneath our feet. And you might like to have your hands gently resting in your lap in a cupped shape, if that works for you. And with the gentle rhythm of our breathing helping to settle us, I invite you to imagine your cupped hands containing your life's sorrows and joys, your sources of gladness and sadness held together, contained, perhaps by something greater than yourself, a sense perhaps that all life is here. that our individual experiences are, are mirrored by others, others who share this planet Earth home, each with hopes and fears, times of tears and times of laughter. Some of us acknowledge a power greater than ourselves that contains all. Others of us are comforted by recognizing that our human experiences are shared by others, that we are never truly alone in what we experience. Oh, though the illusion of aloneness can sometimes be so strong. And if it feels right for you now, I invite you to imagine holding the world's joys and sorrows in love and compassion Acknowledging both our powerlessness and the importance of witnessing what is with that open and compassionate heart. And as we enter a shared stillness together now, we might continue to hold all that is, or imagine laying them in other safe hands or another safe place. Our joy is our sorrow unmasked. And the self-same well from which our laughter rises was oftentimes filled with our tears. Let's share these three minutes in silence together.
You Be Glad at That Star by Clark Wells. Several years ago, and shortly after twilight, our three and a half year old tried to gain his parents' attention to a shining star. The parents were busy with time and schedules, the irritabilities of the day, and other worthy preoccupations. Yes, yes, we see that star. Now I'm busy. Don't bother me. On hearing this, the young one launched through the porch door, fixed us with a fiery gaze and said, you be glad at that star. I will not forget the incidents, the incident or his perfect words. It was one of those rare moments where you get everything you need for the good of your soul. Reprimand, disclosure, blessing. It was especially good for me, that surprising moment, because I am one who responds automatically and negatively to the usual exhortations to pause and be more appreciative of life, unquote. Fortunately, I was caught grandly off guard. There is a notion with some truth in it that we cannot command joy, happiness, appreciation, fulfillment. We do not engineer the seasons of the soul or enjoy the quality of mood in another. And yet, I do believe there is right and wisdom in that imperative declaration. You be glad at that star. If we cannot compel ourselves into a stellar gladness, we can at least clean the dust from the lens of our perception. If we cannot dictate our own fulfillment, we can at least steer in the right direction. If we cannot exact a guarantee for a more appreciative awareness of our world, for persons and stars and breathing and tastes and the incalculable gift of every day. We can at least prescribe some of the conditions through which an increased awareness is more likely to open up the skies for us and for our children. It is not always the great evils that obstruct and waylay our joy. It is our unnecessary and undignified surrender to the petty enemies. And I suggest it is our duty to scheme against them 
and make them subservient to human decree. Time and schedules are irritabilities of the day and other worthy preoccupations. Matters more subtle and humane should command our lives. You be glad at that star. Thank you, John. It, that word, the word that we're focusing on today, joy, um, it's used a lot. It's used a lot in our society. And if you find yourself watching TV adverts at this time of year, well, you'd think that joy was a direct result of buying a new sofa for Christmas of having a supermarket trolley stuffed full of food, of purchasing the most expensive toys and technology for your loved ones, particularly children. But we Unitarians, we who would rather not have the word believe written colorfully across our Christmas sweaters, well, I hope we're not quite so likely to fall for capitalism's favorite mantra, Consume more, everybody, and joy will be yours. We're perhaps, I think, maybe a bit closer to gloomy old Wordsworth's thinking when he wrote that in getting and spending, we lay waste our powers. Wordsworth goes on to write in that poem that little we see in nature that is ours. But I'm going to disagree with him there because I think more and more of us are finding deep sources of joy in the natural world. It, from walks in woods, tending to plants, feeding the birds, campaigning to preserve landscapes and habitats for future generations. But what is this thing called joy and how might we define it? How would we explain joy to a group of aliens if they happened to park their spacecraft right next to us one day? It's more than happiness, isn't it? Much more than happiness. It, it's, joy has a deeper quality. It may also involve something beyond, um, oh, I don't know, what I sometimes describe as the small self, if that makes any sense to you, that, that little kind of me, 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 me voice that I, I, I have an inkling that many of us have within us. That, that part of me that, that really thinks primarily of myself and my particular concerns and, and I think it's because of that, that I was so pleased to find, oh, I've lost mine already. In your, oh, here it is. Um, if you're joining us from home today, uh, the whole script of this service is already online on our Kensington Unitarians website, and it will have this and the other readings in it. it I was incredibly pleased when I found this list um, some years ago. It's from the um, uh, Richard Raw, is a Franciscan priest and writer, and it includes what he thinks are the qualities of a joyful mind. 
And what's clear from his list, I'm not going to read all these out um, now, but what's clear from his list is that his understanding is that our experiences of joy come from within us, that our joy begins in our mind rather than with any external cause. And that's another one of those issues that we really could discuss for the rest of the day, isn't it? Um, it, we used this list in a service some years ago now, and I've had it pinned up ever since. And the quality of a joyful mind that shouted most loudly to me then was the next to the last one. Um, when you can observe your mind contracting into self-preservation or self-validation and then laugh or weep over it. That's one of his qualities of a joyful mind. And it, it was the one that spoke then most to me and does even now. I'm probably going to need to work on that one for the rest of my life. But it'll be interesting to hear if there are ones that really shout out to you as well. So, so joy for me has an expansive quality about it. And it's got a depth about it. It's, it bubbles from within sometimes but only sometimes in response to an external stimulus joy goes beyond the personal for me i could um perhaps explain that as as describing joy as a, a quality of the life force itself um that bubbling energy of the young at play be that an exuberant toddler or a leaping lamb of of a bud bursting open in response to spring's early warmth. So it could be the joy of, of the troubled, finding something that makes them smile once more, of a ravaged landscape rewilding itself slowly. And it's this transpersonal element that enjoy, enjoy that takes it beyond personal happiness for me. So this week, I've been playing around with that older word, I think it's older, gladness, meditating on that old carol line, describing the start of the Magi's journey towards the infant Christ. As with gladness, men of old did the shining star behold. Well, I think we can share in that gladness when we find our own stars to follow, when, when the path for a while at least becomes clear to us and before us, when we know what the world needs of us and what particular gifts we can bring, identifying our personal contribution to the greater good. So my hope for us all in these sometimes dis discouraging times in which we're living is that we too can find that inner wellspring of joy that bubbles forth in response to the world or that despite the weakness of, of our human societies, when, when we know ourselves to be part of something so much greater than our own small self-focused selves, when we can be glad at that star and know the true joy of being alive in this moment, the only moment there is. Amen. And I think we now have our announcements of which I'm proud that even in these times of pandemic we've got a complete back page of ways to keep yourselves engaged over this uh, festive season there is a walk 
let me just check my notes. First of all, I need to say thank you to our musicians. Oh, the joy of uh, in-person music. It, it, oh, it's such a treat. Yes. And I want another round of applause for Jane because you do not know the pain. Some people were here before eight o'clock this morning dealing with wires and chairs and other whatevers. It's a nightmare. Um, and a thank you, uh, Hannah, on uh, Zoom for being our, our host there. Yeah, let's give her a wave. Um, and if you want to stay after the service and have a chat, that's great. We're going to be in the garden or in the hall next door so we can start to dismantle all that we've just wired up. Um, and uh, this afternoon, Carolyn, give us a wave, Carolyn. Carolyn was delayed by the central line, but you've got here and I'm so pleased. And um, there's going to be a getting to know you walk after the after church today. What time are you setting off, Carolyn? Do you know? Soon after anyone has had a bit of a drink, left off with no sandwich. Yeah. Like by the, yeah. Um, there'll be sessional. So I'd like to find out from you how far you would walk and how slowly you'll pass. And I'd like to say something gathering before we actually step forward. Lovely. So make yourself known to Today probably is your last chance to join in with the virtual Christmas choir. And to do that, you'll need to go home and put wires in your ears and do things. It, I've done mine and it was fun and it's worth doing. And uh, it will make us all happy to see one another on a screen for, for Christmas carols. So there are instructions if you've not had them. Um, if you've never been to a heart and soul gathering online before, well, Jane's here to tell you more about that. And their theme is, is joy for this week. So it's a lovely way to connect a bit more deeply. Mm -hmm. um, the coffee morning's on again at Tuesday. Brilliant conversation guaranteed online. Um, on the 21st of December, the West London Green Spirit Group are holding their solstice and Yuletide uh, gathering. It's in person here, but also it could be on Zoom. So let us know, email me. And the Christmas Eve service is on Zoom at 5pm, uh, favourite carols and meditative stillness. So make sure you're getting the emails that are out and about. There's something in here about the Findhorn Unitarian Network meditations, which happen each month. And there's an email to connect with that. Different meditators are leading it each month, and it's very lovely that. Uh, John and Heidi are holding a New Year's Day in-person gathering if COVID allows us to do that. So keep in touch with Heidi about New Year's Day. If someone's here, I will be a meditation and sharing. Really nice. Looking, uh, remembering the old year and looking forward. That's a lovely thing to do. So contact Heidi for that. And there is a how to be a Unitarian. If, if any of you uh, weren't entirely sure about what you wanted to write on your sweater, by the end of the six week course, you can be guaranteed to have a word of your choosing on that one. And that's that starting Thursday the 6th, it's online and Jane is the person to contact about that. Anything else I need to say at all? No, fantastic. Okay, so let us now... That's it. I just have to do a closing blessing. Let's just take a breath and quietly congratulate ourselves for actually making this happen. It's really lovely to have brought two elements of a congregation together in this way. And yeah.
It's really nice to see those faces on that Zoom screen. And one day we'll hear your voices. That will be loving, lovely. So this, this closing blessing starts with words from Max Cap called Gratitude. Often I have felt that I must praise my world for what my eyes have seen these many years and what my heart has loved. And often I have tried to start my lines, dear earth, I say. And then I pause to look once more. And soon I am bemused and far away in wonder. So I never get beyond dear earth. And so dear earth, dear people, dear creatures and plants of infinite variety and delight, let thank you be our one prayer, our answer to the troubles we inevitably experience in life, our response to the anxieties and the uncertainties of our time. May the gratitude we feel in our hearts light up our faces. Encourage us to smile once more and to thank life for its great gifts to us. And to thank one another, to thank one another for being alive with us. All part of this great adventure, this unknown path of magic and mystery and great, great kindness. Amen. Go well, everybody, be you at home or here in the room, and blessed be one and all.